0: And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, think about this for a second. Some people train their entire life to get that one shot. Let's take... For instance, going to the Olympics. I actually went to the Junior Olympics and won it. But, you know, you trained, I trained since I was 14 years old until I was 18 years old to be able to go to the Junior Olympics. I won it, set a couple records, it was over. That was it. If I had not been ready that day, I would not have won. If I had not prepared myself for years previous to that, I would not have won. But even though I trained for previous year upon year upon year, if I had not got out of bed that day, physically, psychologically ready to perform, I would not have won. My friends, that's the way life is. It takes years to become good at something. And then you have that chance to use it. And that chance to use it is what makes you successful. Many, many people live their best game in the gym. I've seen it so many times. Guys pump and pump and pump and lift and lift and lift. And then when they go to a powerlifting contest, there's nothing left. Or they train and train and train and train in the gym. And they're always trying to look good year-round, but they don't understand how to cycle. And they get to a bodybuilding contest. And, yeah, they're puffy. But they don't look good on stage. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to hit the day. They don't know how to peak. Same thing happens in business. You can work. You can save your money. You can invest it in different places and, and piddle around with it. And then that one opportunity comes for you to knock it out of the park and get rich. But if you're not ready, not educatedly ready, If you're not physically ready, if you're not psychologically ready, the day that you get that chance to take action, you'll miss it. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today, because we are at that pivotal point right now. You think about this. You hear me, you've been hearing me anywhere from a few weeks, few months, few years, lots of years. And you just keep going, boy, if I would have been lucky enough to get in when he got in and do the stuff that he did. And quite honestly, I invest every single year, good years, bad years, I'm buying something. But I've made the most purchases and made the most money in those situations where the marketplace was down. I made my first fortune in 87 um, when everything went bankrupt. Ronald Reagan changed the tax laws, made real estate a no longer a tax haven, and boom, the value of real estate cratered. I came and bought it up for the value of rentals and made millions. Later on, 19, uh, I think 2008, the banks cratered, and nobody had any money and nobody could get any financing, yet I had perfect credit, had tons of money. And I had other people with me that had tons of money, and by pooling our resources, we were able to go in and buy a tremendous amount of real estate at next-to-nothing prices. Again, tripled my net worth in a couple of years, just massive wealth. Now we're coming upon one of those seasons again. I can feel it in my bones. I can see it in the, the signs along the road. They're there. They're, they're telling me, this is it. It's coming. Now, I've been telling you for the last year or two, if you've listened to my radio shows or go back and listen to them. And I'm saying, you know, it feels like there should be a change right now, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it from the economists. The signs are there, but it just didn't feel like it was there. Now, the signs are there and it feels like it's there. Why does it feel like it's there? Because we are coming to an impasse right now that is so outrageous. So unbelievable that I think it may totally destroy our economy and maybe even our society, but at least the economy for some period of time. I think we'll get through it because that's just the way the United States is. is There's a lot of smart people here and there's some wackazoids on the right and wackazoids on the left. And the rest of us in the middle kind of live with the garbage that each side creates. And right now, the wackazoids on the left are just out of their minds. And, of course, you all know they just took Trump and busted into his house and raided his home in Mar-a-Lago. Okay. You say, well, that has nothing to do with investing. No, it has everything to do with sentiment. People right now are going to be distracted. The deals that are coming about because of what I talked about yesterday, if you didn't hear it, you need to go back and listen to yesterday's radio show. Um, The deals that are occurring right now because of massive inflation— and because the Fed is raising the interest rates massively to counter that inflation, because of recession and slowing down in the economy, and people retracting their desire and willingness to go spend money on things, is leaving the marketplace wide open for investors. It's now, folks. I'm telling you that. You're going to look back. Well, you know, it is. It's at the top. It's just now going over the, the over the edge. And I'm going to tell you when it happened the last two times. It goes over that edge like a ball, slowly going over the edge. Maybe takes one little bounce when it hits a little piece of cliff, and then boom, straight into the crater. So where do you buy Dell? You buy all the way down because you don't know where the bounce is. You don't know where the crater is. You don't know when it's going to come back up the other side. You just have to buy. And you have to buy good deals. Now, to do that, you're going to have to, number one, know what a good deal is. You're going to have to know how to negotiate a deal. Uh, You're going to have to know how to underwrite a deal. These are the technical things you need to come to Lifestyles and learn how to do. Because I can just tell you this, if you don't take the time to learn this stuff, then getting all excited about what I'm talking about, it's going to do you much good because you really need to know how to do those things. And it's not something somebody else can do for you. I mean, they're going to sell you whatever they can sell you. If you don't know what a good deal is from a bad deal, then you don't know. And you're going to get sold a bill of goods somewhere along the line. But let's say you have taken the time to learn that. You've gone to lifestyles. You've learned the stuff. now. You run into the next situation you need to be considering, and that is, how do I find these deals? And the answer is you have to go looking for deals, right? So when you go out there and you look, you have to court these deals. You have to go out and find them. And the only way to find them is, in most cases, to go through brokers. Now, there are ways to cultivate you know, deals that don't go through brokers, but the The amount of effort of doing that is massive to the point where I don't do it that way. I just simply say, hey, bring me everything you got. There's tons of stuff being sold and I go through it. But the key factor is you're going to have to look at a lot of stuff, a lot. Last week, I probably looked at 20 or 30 deals. I made offers on two or three of them. And that's the second part. You're going to have to actually make offers, which means putting money at risk. If someone says yes, you're going to have to put the money down and put it down fast. I remember getting in my car going, hey, these guys, you've offered them so low. They're saying that if you don't have the earnest money in the in the bank by, you know, noon today, they're not going to believe you're actually real. And so I said, okay, deal's real. I'll be there. Boom. Got up the next morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was in the bank at 9, and the money was to them by noon. Because why? Well, because I got a million dollars off the price of the offer. That's why. And you're going to have to understand how all this works and how to set yourself up to be able to take action like this. But you're going to have to make a lot of offers. I've always thought of negotiating like dating women. It's like, why do some men get all the good-looking women and successful women or whatever, again, however you want to equate value to a woman so that it's not, you know, chauvinistic. But to get that great combination, you're going to have to have some certain skill sets. And today we're talking about the fact that the market is ripe for buying. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this, and now it is upon us. Uh, the economy is about ready to let us make a lot of money. Now... In doing so, a couple of things are going to have to happen. One, you're going to have to be mentally prepared. You're going to have to understand what we're doing, how to do it. And like I said, step number one is get over here to Lifestyles, get your education. Then step number two is you're going to have to um, get out there and get your money right, which I'm going to come back to and talk about in a moment. But step number three is you're going to have to get out there and make offers. And um, when you're out there making offers, you have to – think about the approach. The approach has to be you have to, to look your best to the people that you're making the approach to. Um, that doesn't mean a lot of things you might want to think. You don't have to fake it till you make it. That's not necessary. But what you do have to do is act like you actually know what you're talking about. If you go in there and you haven't taken any classes, uh, you don't know what you're talking about, and you say a bunch of stupid stuff, no one's going to listen to you. I mean, think about Going up to a girl and go you know, and you're just saying stupid stuff, and you know, you're not getting anywhere. That's over with. You know, I'm thinking about trying to pick up this lady and make her an important part of my life. I'm investing in this this relationship, and to do that, I've got to find the perfect person that I want for that relationship. That's like you've got to find the perfect deal that you want for the relationship with you and your family to change your life, right? But to get that, you got to talk to the friends. That's the brokers and the mortgage people, and you're going to have to, you know, have a conversation that's sound, that makes sense. And if you can't do that, if you don't know what you're talking about, then you're going to find it's more difficult to to make your way um, to where you want to be in the deal. Um, I saw a, a show last night. I was watching it. It's uh, called Just Shoot Me. It's an old old sitcom, and This girl dates this uh, Joe Rogan, by the way. I haven't seen Joe Rogan as a young guy. Man, he was muscled up at the time and had hair. And he was dating this girl that was a brilliant intellectual woman. And she didn't want to date him, but her girlfriend said, look, you you can't let that go by. There's a winner for you. So you think about the buyer being her, and she's the prize. And here's this guy, and he's really illiterate. He's just dumb as a rock. He's an exterminator. And she goes, give him a chance, man. Look how good he looks. And so she gave him a chance, dated him, did spend some time with him or whatever. And within no time at all, he proved to her that she just could not make that deal work. It wasn't going to work. Well, the same thing is going to happen to you. you. You can fake it till you make it, until you get deep into this stuff. And then when you don't know what you're talking about, then you're going to find that it's going to come through. You just don't know what you're talking about. And then just like in this case where the girl had to get rid of the guy and he never you know, you got the prize, same thing's going to happen to you. You're not going to be able to get to the prize. So the second thing you need to understand is the way you approach these things. You don't go in there and get all the information all at once. You know, you you go in there and you get the information they're going to be willing to give you. You analyze that information from what they give you. Then you can go back and establish a relationship with the broker and go, you know, Hey, I'm interested in this. Uh, I don't know if you need to know more about me, but I need a little bit more information. Can you find this out for me and that out for me and so on and so forth? And you're going to get some information before you get on the contract. Really, they don't want to give you very much information until you get into contract so they know you're not wasting their time. Consider that like a girl being on a, you know, being a woman, being on a date with her. And you're going to look, you got to get her on the date. The date is the contract. And the contract is where you're going to find out all the really important information. But you don't want to just go out there and get into a contract without knowing something. So before you go on that date, you're going to have to have the conversation and ask some questions and find out some things to see if this is even the right mix, the right match for you. It's got to be the right match for you before you waste their time. If you continue to waste people's time, and this is a very small world, the real estate market is, um, it will get around that you're a tire kicker and you won't get anywhere. So. You need to make sure that you're not going after stuff you don't want. So I, I go through, you know, 20, 30 offers and brokers. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I go, hey, no, nah, I don't want to waste your time on that. I don't want to waste your time on that. It doesn't fit what I'm looking for. That won't work. And every time I tell them in an instant that that doesn't work for me or with, hey, let me just look at it for, you know, a day or half a day and I'll get back to you and I get back to them. And I always get back to them and say, hey, that that one just didn't work and here's why it didn't work, uh, you know, and then they know that I had put some thought into it. I wasn't just wasting their time. I was investing my time in analyzing the deal. This is very, very important for them, right? So I always used to laugh at people because they would go in there and demand all kinds of information before they even get in contract. And that would be like going up to a girl and go, look, I'm thinking about asking you out on a date, but before we do, I'd like to get a spreadsheet of your finances. I'd like to know how much you make and how. Uh, I'd like to get uh, your medical records to make sure that you're safe and healthy and have a chance, you know, like to see some family history. And uh, I'd also like to have like an essay from your last boyfriend. Once I get all that material together, I'm going to analyze it all and decide if I want to take you out on a date. Well, that's you asking for materials about a property that you're not serious enough to actually make an offer for. That's the kind of stuff you find out on the date. You know, you get in the contract, now you start asking that stuff, right? You go out on that date and you go, hey, you know, so how many boyfriends you had in the past? And why did you break up with the last one? And blah, 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 blah. That's due diligence. And people expect you to do due diligence, whether it's in a relationship or whether it's in, you know, negotiating a deal. They expect to get some of that due diligence, but they're not going to give it away up front. You've got to invest in the date you got to, you know, give them something in return. Show them you're truly interested. Same thing with trying to buy a deal before they're going to give you all of the massive information. Now, I'll tell you a little interesting point. Once you get to where I am, where I bought, you know, like 10, 20 different deals from each broker out there, and uh, really, literally, I have. I mean, there's four or five major brokerage firms, and I've bought multiple properties from each one of them. Once you get to that level, then they pretty much believe you. And especially since I don't ever mess them around and say, look, I want it, I don't want it, I'll look at it, give me this material, and I'll make a decision, yes or no. They give me the material and go, nope, take me off the list. Doesn't work. Um, or you get to a point like where you have the credibility. Now, now we get into the marketplace we're in today. Now what we do before today you were afraid when it was a sellers market to try to offer anything less than what they're asking in fact even just offering them what they're asking the brokers would say no we've got three other offers that are ahead of you uh, we've got a highest and best and you know you're lucky if you even get on the table if you go up to this price we'll get you on the table then you can negotiate with five other guys hey that's when it's a sellers market but right now it has flipped it is now a buyers market so they're not pulling those kinds of games on you and if they are Just walk away. That's not your deal. Because if there's that much demand for that deal, it's not your deal. We'll take a short break, be right back, and talk more about what you need to know to be able to get into this game right now. Teaching you with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income, For over 30 years, our successful members share their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into the knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Walmsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about the fact that it's time to start buying and what we need to do to get prepared. So I skipped over one of the points I wanted to make, which was uh, you need to get your money right. And uh, before I do that, I want to come back. To where we we're at right before we left um, for the break, uh, what what types of things are you going to need to know to be able to talk to brokers out there? Because they're all going to tell you lies. Uh, remember, they're going to tell you that you you can't negotiate a price down. Prices aren't going down; they're going up. They're going to tell you that you know the marketplace is swollen with money from all over the country, all over the world, in fact. And so let's argue. Let's cover that argument. Money is swollen from all over the world. Okay, great. Except that only less than 10% of all commercial real estate that's being purchased is being purchased from people outside of the country. Uh, it's coming from all over the United States. Yes, it's coming from all the democratic states and cities into um, the red states and red cities. And uh, so, you know, that's why we want to buy. That's that's a positive. Uh, but what else is going on? Well, let's take a look at this. The government lies that are coming out. Joe Biden comes out with uh, job creation jumps in July, bolstering economy against other headwinds, hiring accelerates in July, underscoring the labor market strength. So Biden and his people want you to believe that there's that the economy is the best economy there's ever been because unemployment is low. All right. So there's some cracks in that ointment or there's some flaws in that ointment flies in that ointment is the way you say it i'm sorry there's some flies in that ointment and let's talk about what they are first one is that the major growth right now is coming in the way of uh restaurants retail so on and so forth in fact i'll read you this retail sector benefits from restaurants and bar performance july hiring was led by the leisure and hospitality sector with 96,000 additional personnel, while hotels continued to add staff amid the most active summer travel seasons in three years, the majority of these positions were at restaurants and bars. Right, so there you go. We've got these unskilled positions that are that are growing. Right, they're part time, so on and so forth. That that's probably good, and then they go on and they say. This argument against that accelerated employment growth means Fed is not done. While the July employment survey run were conducted prior to the Fed's reserve 75 basis point rate hike last month, the strong hiring only reinforces the likelihood of an additional rate increase at the central bank September meeting. So there you go. Think about that. This high or this low unemployment rate is making the the inflation go crazy. Cuckoo for cocoa puffs, as people like to say. And so the Fed's seeing this as a bad thing. They're saying we gotta slow that that, that employment growth down. We really do. We've got to slow that down. So we're gonna hit you with more. So the more they raise the interest rates, right? The more they raise the interest rates, the easier it is for us to buy good deals. Why? Because interest rates are going to push up the amount of cap rate necessary to cover them. In other words, the prices are going to have to go down. The rate of return is going to have to go up, or you're not going to be able to underwrite these deals. I don't care what the brokers tell you. I mean, we get reports all the time. Oh, that's not happening. There's no cap rate expansion. There's no prices going down. It's a lie. I'm telling you it's a lie. In fact, I'm going to tell you how much I know it's a lie. I've... uh, Gotten to all my real estate agents and brokers out there, and I said, look, and by the way, I read off a list of must be 10, 15 states that we now have real estate companies in yesterday. I don't remember how many is, but it's a lot of them. And I said, uh, start sending me the deals that are being retraded and how much we're getting off of the list price. And they're saying there's lots of them. I don't know if you really want to get them all. You'll be too busy. I'm thinking, well, just send them to me, and I'll start digesting it and see if I can put something out there for people to hear so that you don't believe the lies that the brokers are are throwing at you, right? So, you know, if the brokers say, well, the employment, you know, is great, say, yeah, the employment's great until it forces the Fed to increase the interest rates again. And so I may be buying this deal from you today, going into negotiation with you today, and by the time uh, September rolls around, this deal's going into close, the interest rates could change on me. And I could get really whacked, so I've got to make sure that I've got a good deal. The second thing is is that uh, you're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, part-time work. So it says here, reduced hours in labor markets, soft market, a potential bellwether. The number of people employed part-time for economic reasons increased from three hundred thirty three hundred three thousand last month to 3.9 million. While this is still below the February count, of 4.4, the recent rise nevertheless reflects cuts in hours for more employees due to slackened business conditions. Now listen to what it's saying. Cuts in hours due to slack in, slackening business conditions. The draw in labor utilization could foreshadow a possible cooling in the job market. So what are they defining? Recession. So this great job market right now is because you've got, you know, all these jobs out there because nobody's working. They're not in the the in the pool of people trying to get jobs. And all of a sudden, you start taking jobs away. Remember, people don't want what they can get easily, and people want what they can't have. So when you start taking the jobs away, you're going to start seeing massive pressure uh, to go out there and get a job. And it, it, it's going to start creating this recession. Again, people are going to start pulling back. And they're not going to spend because they're afraid they're not going to have a job. And the more this psychological cycle goes, uh, the more and the, the more the interest rates go up, you've got pressure, downward pressure on the prices, downward pressure on the amount of people buying stuff, leaving you there to fill the void. You have money, are willing to buy, even though... It's a terrible time to buy according to interest rates. It's a terrible time to buy according to where the economy is. Everything to everybody else looks bad is absolutely the right time to buy. And I've said this for years. And this is what I'm out there doing right now. I'm making, like I said, I made two or three offers last week. I've got two on my desk right now that I'm making today. You got to be out there making these offers, right? So here we go. We've got these situations. Is there anything positive, by the way, on this labor report? And there's one, and that is high-skilled hiring bolsters demand for top-tier apartment complexes. Architecture and engineering firms, consulting companies, and scientific research development organizations all added more than 10,000 personnel apiece last month. Many of these positions require specialized skills that are well compensated. Improving incomes and creating demand for housing. Given the elevated single-family mortgage rates, much of this demand will focus on Class A and B apartment complexes. So there you go, folks. Uh, it just Could anything be more perfect? Could anything be more perfect? Now, watch out. If all these people become unemployed, it's going to be in the Class D and C marketplace that you're going to run into it. So where, where are we at here? We got enough time to go into this next email. This next email uh, is interesting because it it is a segue into the next thing I'm going to talk about, which is getting your money right. And this guy says, "I'm a proud, grateful member of lifestyles in the spirit of many of the lifestyle tenets and principles, such as practicing the abundance attitude and helping others." I thought I would share with you a savings account that pays 1.5 percent and expected to rise. Uh, with the Fed's interest rate hikes. I have heard you speak of these before in case studies and the radio show. I know you have passed, parked many of your money dollars in similar accounts. Yes, absolutely. And um, the interest rate he showed me was golden sack, Goldman Sachs, Marcus Savings, and uh, what do you say it's at right there? Treasures, whatever. I think it's like 1.5% or something like that. And Oh, yeah, 1.5%. He said it up here in the first paragraph. So uh, he says, hey, look, here's this account's paying 1.5%. Up from less than a third of 1%, right? And I wrote back to him, I said, Yeah, I've got that one along with uh, 27 other accounts. And uh, many of my accounts are now up to 1.7, 1.75, 1.8, 1.85, 1.9, 1.95. I don't have one at 2 yet, but uh, they'll get there. They'll get back up there. Last time interest rates went up, uh, the interest rates or savings accounts went as high as 2.5. In fact, savings rates were even almost higher than some CDs, so it really got weird at some point. But why, do I, why did I bring this one on in this discussion we're having right now? Very important because we're talking about how to control and manipulate your money. Today, we're talking about it's time to invest, and we're on a segment now talking about how to get your money right. And one of the things you have to understand is that money is in all different types of places in most people's family. Now... The difference between rich people and poor people is that wealthy people actually have somebody who manages their wealth for them in most cases. I particularly uh, don't. I still manage my own wealth, but I'm getting very, very close to wanting someone else to manage it for me uh, simply because if I were ever pass away, everything would be right there in the hands of somebody else to take over and manage Uh, and there, you know, there would be nothing that would get interrupted or there wouldn't be any problems, but that's a different reason to do it other than what most people have. What we call a family office, a family office is where one person generally in the family or maybe a couple people in the family in a big family manage all of the family's assets and resources. And that means maximizing the rate of return on that money. Now, to keep that money working, you have to move that money. Money doesn't stay in the same place. It has to sometimes we have to get out there into investments. And sometimes the investments need to be sold and money needs to be moved on because the investments are deleveraged and they're not getting a high enough rate of return. And you need to either refinance that investment or sell that investment and go buy three of them. You know, sell one house and buy three. or Sell one apartment and buy three. You have to re-leverage up your investments and your assets. Another thing you have to do is figure out where you're going to keep your liquid cash because you always need some liquid cash for emergencies. But as an investor, you want some liquid cash, which we call dry powder, money that's sitting there waiting for that deal to fall out of the sky. And since it's now time uh, for me to start going after a lot of deals again, I've been pulling my money out of all kinds of accounts of my business accounts. I own 27 different companies plus. I stopped counting, literally. I don't know how many companies I own, but I own a lot of real estate companies. I own a lot of grocery stores. I own a lot of apartment complexes. Uh, and I, loan, I own consulting companies all over the country also. So the the bottom line is I own all these companies, and there's money in all of them. You realize that every company has to have money in there. And so I just... Don't need all the money. A lot of it just sits there and accumulates, and then we draw down on it, you know, sometimes yearly, sometimes quarterly, you know, whatever it is. But in this situation, I'm drawing down right now uh, across all my companies. Why? Because I want liquid cash to be able to make great offers on incredible deals. Now, I did want to read you the definition of a family office. Um, Because I looked it up, I just thought it would be interesting for people to hear what it really is. It says, Family Office is a privately held company that handles investment management and wealth management for wealthy families, generally one with over a hundred million investable assets, um, with the goal being to effectively grow and transfer wealth from generation to generation. The company's financial capital is the family's own wealth. Family offices also may handle tasks such as managing household staff, making travel arrangements, property management, day-to-day accounting, payroll activities, management of legal affairs, family management services, family governance, financial and investor education, coordination of philanthropy, and private foundations, and succession of planning. A family office can cost over a million dollars a year to operate, so the family, maybe that's why I'm not doing. It. So the family's net worth usually exceeds a hundred million dollars in investable assets. Some family offices accept investments from people who um, are not members of the owning family. In it came to light during the 2021 implosion of the blah blah blah. That's all irrelevant. So the point is until we can afford to pay somebody a million bucks a year just to manage our resources and our assets, we're out there managing our resources. How important is that? Well, I was just flipping my money around the other day and I noticed that I had a whole bunch of savings accounts that were at 0.4 or 0.35 and so forth. And I took a look at just moving them all over to the highest interest rates I had. And the difference would be going from a uh, a 0.35% rate of return To a 1.95 percent rate of return, which is what I'm able to get. Uh, That's a 5.57 times more rate of return. That's a five times five seven, five point five seven times higher rate of return. So that takes the ten thousand dollars a month in interest I was earning up to fifty five thousand seven hundred fourteen dollars. Now think about that. You just by moving money from one account to another. That's all you did. Not buying business. Not doing business. That's just moving it around. That takes it up to fifty-five thousand a year. Sorry, fifty-five thousand a year more money uh, by moving the stuff around. Now, do I want it at two percent return? No, I don't want it at two percent return. I want it at 20 percent return because that same amount of money at, at a ten percent return is two million bucks a year, right? And it, it, it that's at ten, at twenty percent, it's four million bucks a year. Whatever it is, the bottom line is is that. Liquid cash has to be somewhere. So it might as well be. And so, why in savings accounts? Because you can get them federally insured. And they'll tell you that the federal insurance only covers $250,000. But if you'll take my course, I'm going to show you how to bring that all the way up to $100,000 per account. And uh, so that, you know, if you've got to put your money out there, you only need one new savings account per million dollars you have. You only need one new savings account per million dollars you have. So, like I said, I have, uh, I think, 27 savings accounts. So that just you can figure that one out by the radio. You don't need any math help on that one. You figure out why I have that. Well, because I have to spread that money out somewhere and keep it until that deal hits. But when that deal hits, that money could be gone. I'll suck it right out of there and put it into a deal. But when people go, prove to me you can actually close that deal, boom, there it is, in writing, on paper, proof. And that's what I'm talking about getting your money right. You got to have that money where it's liquid. You got to have it where you can get to it. You got to have it where, uh, you know, somebody wants to see it, you can prove you have it. So, my friend, I hope all of this has helped you today. This is it. I'm telling you, there's no time to wait. You got to get out there. You got to get into lifestyles. It's time. Have a great day. And remember always, it's not the money, it's that lifestyle.